I want to tell you the testimony of a woman named Monica. Monica was raised in a good Christian family. Her parents took her to church and shared the love of Jesus Christ and the scriptures with her. Very soon, these became Monica's love as well. Her dad always wanted her to marry a good Christian man, but instead she fell in love with Patrick. Patrick was not a Christian. In fact, he thought Christianity was stupid. He thought Christianity got in the way of his work or resting on weekends. Uh, And it also, to Patrick, promoted weakness and conformity. He wanted nothing to do with Christianity. Now, of course, Monica's family did not approve of this, but her and Patrick loved each other. They loved each other. And so they got married anyways. Soon came the fruit of God's gift of marriage, a baby. And in Monica's case, a baby boy. She loved her son and doted on him. Every day, she would pray for her son to grow to be a good Christian, despite her husband Patrick not taking any interest in helping to raise him in the faith. In fact, he went to great lengths at home, around the dinner table, to mock Christianity. And he would often plan events during church on Sunday mornings so that they couldn't go. Of course, their son wasn't baptized. Now, as their son grew older, Monica and Patrick's marriage, it did grow strained because of his bitterness, but Monica got headway. Patrick agreed that their son could go to the local Christian day school, but only because it was better than the other schools in the neighborhood. This was a boon for Monica, of course, and Her son got a great education. They found out that he was really smart and he thrived in such a learning environment. He even learned about Christian doctrine and teaching. He learned the stories of the Bible. But something that grieved Monica's heart happened. Whenever they would ask her son, do you want to get baptized? He would say no. And they'd say, why? And he said, well, my dad, he says that Christianity is for weaklings, and I don't want to be a weakling. And this would break Monica's heart. But she, would, she never stopped begging God in prayer for her beloved son to become a Christian, because that's all she wanted for her son. So as he grew up, he went away to college. And there he made friends with other intellectuals. He was challenged maybe for the first time being around people that were as smart as him. He was involved in the debate club. His main study was philosophies that attacked or undermined the Christian faith. He became very popular debating this, and people would even pay to watch it happen. He would publish articles against Christianity, and they would make him even more popular. And he began to make money off of books he would write on the topic. When, his, when he would come home to visit his mom, 
she would always invite him to church. She would remind him that she is always praying for him and loves him no matter what. She would say things like, please come home, not only to me, but to Jesus Christ. Or come talk to my pastor. He's really smart. I think you'd like him. But this guy, this boy, now a man in college, he would always tell his mom, Mom, stop trying to convince me to be Christian. I'm smarter than you. I'm studying things you couldn't even begin to comprehend. And over and over again, he would break his mom's heart. And sometimes she would simply cry when she'd think about talking to her son and the things he'd say. But she never stopped loving him and praying for him. Now, at some point in his advanced studies, this man had the chance to meet the guy, like the smartest guy in this movement of philosophy. And he thought, well, man, I'm still struggling with questions of faith, with questions of meaning in my life. Maybe if I just ask this guy, he'll give me the answers and I can put them to rest. So he goes, he travels, he meets this guy, and he finds out that this guy, not only does he not have the answers, he doesn't really seem to have many answers at all, just more questions. And it was like the rug being pulled out from underneath Monica's son's feet. In fact, her son was the smarter of the two. So now what? It was time to go home and talk to mom. Back home, feeling lost, he confessed to his mom that part of the reason that he's been running from Christianity his whole life is he is helplessly addicted to lusting after women. Helplessly addicted. In fact, he had been seeing a woman for years and had a child with her, and no one knew. And so, how could this guy continue, he would ask himself in his heart, how can I continue to maintain these two ideas in my head at once? One, I'm the smartest guy in the world, I'm the master of my fate and of my own self, as well as... I'm helplessly addicted to my animal urges. How can both of these be true? And so what did Monica do? What did mom do? She simply said, I love you. Can you come to church with me Sunday? And when he did, he began to hear God's word again. He began to hear preaching and teaching on that word. But this time, not as a critic, not as the smartest guy in the world, but as a lost person searching for meaning and purpose in life, just like everyone else. He now needed to receive mercy. He had been humbled. And thanks be to God, there was a sermon series at the time on the great St. Anthony of the desert. And how he overcame all sorts of temptations in his own life. 
to follow and deepen his faith in Christ. Now, walking through town one day, Monica's son heard a kid playing with his friends. And this kid was screaming over and over again, pick up the book and read it. Pick up the book and read it. And the way that he took this, just walking through, passing through, was, man, this is the sign I've been looking for to finally go read the Bible. So he walked to his nearest church. He asked for one. And I don't always recommend doing this, but he just opened up the pages and said, whatever I read is what God is going to say to me. And the first verses that he saw were St. Paul's words in Romans 13, verses 13 and 14. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling, debating, or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no room for the flesh to gratify its desires. And what he ended up saying to himself was, who am I kidding? I am not the smartest guy in the world. I'm simply a sinner in need of a savior. I need help. And if I'm going to fight this battle, I need Jesus Christ's help. So he immediately went to his mom and said, Mom, what do I do? I feel like my whole life I've been ignoring your advice. But now you're the only person I trust to help. And she said, come talk to my pastor. His name's Ambrose. I think you'll really like him. So they talked and they talked again. They talked again. They talked again. Slowly, he relearned the faith, and the next Holy Saturday, he was baptized. And if you can imagine them saying, Augustine, you are baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Mom was sitting in the pews, and all she could think was, wow, thanks be to God, my prayers have been answered. So my question for you is, when do you think this story took place? The 90s? 2013? Last year? When did this happen? It sounds awful familiar. Well, it happened in 386 AD in North Africa. And finally in Milan, Italy. And St. Augustine would go on to become possibly the most indispensable defense against attacks from the world against the church. And 1,200 years after that, a young monk named Martin Luther would read the recently published collected works of the life and writings of St. Augustine, as well as study the Bible And he would come to understand that a person is saved by grace through faith. And this is a free gift from God, specifically from Jesus Christ. And it is no work of our own. But the reason I told you this story is because it's about a couple people, real people, It's about a mom 
It's about a mom who took to heart the words of Christ today. Those words, whoever would be my disciple, let her deny herself, take up her cross, and follow me. Monica, it's going to be hard. Your son, whom you love, is going to break your heart every day, over and over again. But don't stop being faithful, because it's hard. I'll answer your prayers. I will be your mighty fortress, and my death and my resurrection will cover your failures and your heartache. But this is also a story of a young man it's a story of a young man who, took, who was taken aback by Jesus' words, as I'm sure you were when you heard them today. Those words being, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Thanks be to God, Augustine's confession of faith would go from, I am the smartest man in the world, I know everything, there is no God, And it would turn by the gift of the Holy Spirit to this, the famous prayer, Jesus, my heart was restless until it found its rest in you. Do you identify with Monica? Do you share her pain? Do you hope for what she hoped for. I hope hearing her story today would help you to begin to understand why people have religious artwork in their homes, offices, cars, on t-shirts, etc. You are free in Jesus Christ to get a painting of Monica, to print one off the computer, And put it in your wallet, your purse, on your wall at home so that you're reminded of her endurance in prayer. Does Augustine remind you of you? You can do the same. Your life can be changed by Jesus Christ. He can make someone who is stubborn, someone that knows everything, into a humble servant. Of Jesus Christ. You have the freedom in Jesus Christ to get a painting of Him and put it on your desk at school or work or put it in your wallet. You are free in Jesus Christ to read His memoirs, to be inspired by His life of brokenness redeemed by Jesus. As long as we always use these tools to thank Jesus for their example and to imitate them as they imitate Christ. And so, take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Isn't it cool that Jesus has given us and surrounded us with so many saints, a multitude of witnesses that we don't have to pick up Jesus's cross and and carry it and be the first ones to ever do it. 
that we have all of these faithful examples and stories and narratives that give you the opportunity to fall among a group of people that are a lot like you, faithful ones that want to follow Jesus but are having a hard time doing it. Follow Jesus through suffering, through mockery, through pain. It might even mean death. But the blessing is, if you follow him, you'll also follow him out of the grave into your new Christian life. Now, beginning today, but also to resurrection on the last day soon to come. Nothing matters more. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.